0: جو دور تھے ان کو مسجد کی راہ دکھائی خوشیوں کا ایک بہانہ بچوں کی روزہ کشائی اللہ اللہ کس درجہ رحمتوں کو لے کر سب نعمتوں کو یہ دست में बिताना छोटे भाई बहनों को सुबहे कुर्यान पढ़ाना आखों को और जबा को हके रस्ती पे चलाना सच है ये को
1: Friends, welcome back to Open Forum. I'm Ramesh Anand. Hope you had a wonderful one-hour discussion talking about veterans, the awesome job that they are doing out here and in Afghanistan, helping refugees, helping veterans who came back from Afghanistan. It's very sad. One of the comments they made was, people seem to have forgotten them. So it's important for us to realize, please, 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 you see a veteran Don't forget to thank them for their service, because we are safe only because of them. We are all set for our next hour or so, approximately. I have a co-host in the studio who I want to introduce first, uh, my good friend Yasmin. Yasmin has driven all the way from Clear Lake just for me. I am very blessed. Yasmin, welcome to Open Forum.
2: Thank you so much. And hello, Houston. Hello, everybody. Hope you all are enjoying this beautiful weekend. My first time on the radio. So I um, do do ask that if I make mistakes.
1: I'll stop me. you. Don't worry. I'll stop you. you you're good. It's nothing much. You just talk. And uh, the, the, the uh, friends, that is Yasmin, who's going to help me in conversation. It's the, please, it's, it's, it's. They say that uh, each year, March is the Women's History Month. And every every year, they have a theme. Don't ask me who's that day. I have no idea. But whoever that day is, they create a theme each year. 2023 is the theme is recognizing women, authors, poets, and stuff like that. Unfortunately, even if I was a woman, I would not fall into that category because I'm neither an author nor a poet. Actually, I write short short stories on animals and what else. But, friends, you're listening to Open Forum. I'm Ramesh Anand. And uh, the next 20 minutes, give or take, we have the privilege, privilege of having a guest who's calling in. Uh, she is a dear friend. I know her family amazing author uh, I've had the pleasure of reading some of her books uh, her name is Chitra Devakurni. what better than to honor an author of South Asian descent and the reason I bring that up this show is for everyone but most of our listeners are of South Asian background, South Asian Americans if I can call them so it's our privilege to have within our community an author of that stature right here in our neck of the woods in houston welcome to the show chitra and i hope that introduction was adequate
3: (laughs) thank you very much ramesh it was a perfectly wonderful introduction and i'm very happy to be on open forum with you
2: Welcome, Chitra. I've read your books, some of them, and it has influenced and has amazed so many of us. So, Thank uh, you.
1: So one one of the things I want to do is uh, I, I just want to bring in our other guest who's in the studio, and we're going to talk about what she does a little later. But I would like to introduce you or you can self-introduce yourself. So while we are in conversation with Chitra, and it's Women History Month, so I would rather have both of you chatting with her and me interjecting and raising my hand saying, Take a baat karne do, kind of thing. Please, you'd like to introduce yourself briefly?
4: Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my name is Pam Othal. I'm the Director of Outreach
1: at would Daya. Would you start again? I messed up.
4: Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, yes, my name is Pam O'Tall. I am the Director of Outreach at Daya. I'm a native Houstonian. Um, Second-generation Punjabi American, and I love working at Daya. I love being able to learn about the South Asian community here in Houston because we're so strong.
1: Wonderful. And uh, we're not going to talk Daya for the next time, so... Chitra, we're not going to talk Daya. Hello chitra we're not going to talk <laughs> there <laughs> you know actually <laughs>
2: yes chitra is a big part I, of it I, I had
1: i had the privilege of being a board member of daya chitra and what a marvelous but we'll talk about that later because chitra herself is an advisory board member on daya yes that's
4: correct that's right
1: and and so let's let's look at the uh, your author that part first up, which is what we want to share your experience, your background with our listeners. Uh, friends, if you want to call in, this is open forum. The number is one eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five. 888 I 1035 Chitra, if it's okay with you, 10-15 minutes, I would like us between us to generally talk about writing your background how you got into it and the next five ten minutes talk about the most recent book I have bought it honestly I've not yet read it but I will be reading it very soon once you sign it so let's let's start with your journey as an author because that's something which is phenomenal
3: well thank you thank you Ramesh Uh, it's a pleasure to be speaking with all of you and uh, over the radio, uh, mm-hmm. communicating with the many readers and the many listeners that you have an open forum. I became an author quite by chance, unlike a lot of uh, authors, including the very talented ones that I teach right now at the University of Houston. Uh, many of them seemed to know right from the time they were in school, like high school, that they wanted to be a writer, but I did not. In fact, for me, I think immigration made me into a writer. After I came here and while I was going to graduate school, uh, in America, um, I was, I felt very cut off from my Indian culture. This was in the 1970s. So, you know, couldn't call, no internet. Uh, letters took two or three weeks to get there and another two or three weeks to get back. So I turned to writing as a way of keeping in touch with my culture and not forgetting. And I also turned to writing as a way of understanding my own immigrant experience and that of women like me. So um, I started writing in the late 1990s, and those were the two things that I wrote about, the immigrant experience and the India that I had left behind. So I had books like Arranged Marriage, which uh, won an American Book Award. That was my first Book of Fiction, Mistress of Spices, which was made into a film, and which really deals with uh, immigrants in the U.S., and uh, Sister of My Heart, also made into another film, in India, which deals with uh, two cousins growing up in a joint family. They're very close. They're like sisters.
2: Right. And apart from your books, just generally, I was um, looking at things, and you are one of the top 20 influential Indian Americans and and kudos to you. You are up there and hold so much um, respect and something for especially Indian American women to look up to and to aspire to be. And from when you did come here, I think what, 75, did you say? Yes. To now, how do you see the journey as far as Indian-American women are concerned here and at home?
3: I think, well, I'll start with Indian-American women here. Um, I think there's so much more recognition. There are so many more fields that women have gone into and excelled in. Of course, there are many writers. When I started writing, um, Bharati Mukherjee was uh, the only other Indian-American woman writer that I knew of. Uh, There were some men but very few women and you know, in in those days we were just writing our stories and hoping to share our life and our experiences, not only with other immigrants, but with the people of this country, the people who were of other origins to kind of uh, create an understanding, a bridge of understanding. And now there are so many wonderful uh, Indian women, uh, Indian American women and Indian women uh, who are writing, who are winning prizes who yes, are being chosen for big book clubs yes. I think we have really we really cracked that ceiling absolutely. Chitra,
1: hold on I have a call coming, let me take that person yes. uh, Daniel, you are on air
5: I need to ask a question to uh, Chitra.
1: Daniel, we can't hear you uh, for some reason uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, please go ahead.
5: I need to ask a question to Chitra Dibag. Karuni. I'll call her Chitra.
2: Go ahead, Daniel.
5: Okay, you wrote an article in the Chronicle about the Rishi Sunak and the ascending deeds to power as a British Prime Minister. Okay? I read that article. Yes. I had to ask you... Okay, you completely denounce Winston Churchill, because no Indians will like him. I fully understand that thing. But you have to understand, Winston Churchill is highly respected by the Conservative Party and all over the Western world, including the United States. The moment which is not saying anything against Winston Churchill, she will be forever from the Conservative Party. Do
3: you know that thing? Uh, Ramesh, yeah, it's I, 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 uh, I
1: uh, th- thanks, thanks for a question, Daniel. Thank you for your question, and uh, we. We'll and I
5: wrote a reply to the Chronicle,
1: okay. Okay, wonderful. I wrote
5: a reply to the Chronicle, okay. You, you should read that article. No, my letter to the Chronicle also in response to that
1: thing. Wonderful, thank you, uh, Chitra, uh, uh, Mr. Daniel. Uh, honestly, I could not hear. I'm not sure if you heard his question. He was referring to some article. But uh, in case you heard, you can respond. But otherwise, he was referring to an article that you'd written, and he mentioned that he has responded to that too. Uh, But if you could not hear the question, Daniel, my sincere apologies.
3: Yes, I'm so sorry. The sound was really bad. I could not hear. Mm. But, you know, after all, at the end of the day, that was an opinion article. It was my personal opinion that it's wonderful that after so many years of racism, there is an Indian in at 10 Downing Street and that the Indian community overall, not certainly not 100%, were feeling very positive about this and hoped for good things to come.
1: Wonderful. But uh, I want to focus uh, right now on uh, continuing the conversation, the question that she brought about, and you, you had finished halfway, is uh, yes the, the question of how far the, in, uh, the women have advanced both here and in India and you took part yeah. 1 and part 2 was still left, please
3: yes, part 2 is just amazing I think in the world of literature in yeah, India of actually. course women we have not. been part of that for a long time but now more than ever and I want to point just to one book which is Ditanjali Sri's book Tomb of Sand it was originally written in Hindi and translated and it became a booker winner. It was the first book in Hindi to become a booker winner, which shows a couple of wonderful things. One is that here's this woman writing about uh, a key moment in India's history, uh, the partition, and the long legacy of the partition. And her main character is an older woman. The book is just wonderful. It's at once funny and poignant, And uh, there she is. She's won one of the biggest prizes in the world. So I think that is an example of how Indian women have grown in the field of literature and are being recognized. And we have to also remember uh, that not only in English, but in the Indian languages, too. They are right there at the top. And that just makes me so happy because I think women look at... Uh, events, historical events, or even social and personal events, from a whole different angle, from the women's angle, and you know that was the hope with which I wrote a book like Palace of Illusions, which retells the Mahabharat from.
1: Yes, I've read that, Titra. I've read that. I think uh, okay. I read that, and I read the one on the Punjabi thing, Punjab thing. I was blown away yes, with that the last book. Independence? No, not Independence. The no. other one. The Last,
3: the l- queen? last queen. The
1: Last Queen. Oh, I was blown away by what
3: that. About, oh, thank you. Because, I, And I'm so happy to hear that because I so want people to know that story. We all, many of us listening in today, know about Maharaja Ranjit Singh and the wonderful things that he did and what a great fighter he was. But most of us do not. In fact, even I did not some years back. Know about his youngest queen, Mahanani Jinda Kaur, who after his death continued to fight the British very valiantly until her last breath.
1: She oh, yes, the absolutely. British. And, and the, I, what? That, okay, that's history, Chitra, but what I liked was the way you sculpted the book, if I can call it so. The initial part was uh, very, very soft. You know, And I said, yeah, these are both soft. Because just before that, I had read a very specific historical book written by an historian. So I got used to that mm. mentally. And then I came to this, which was very soft, soft. And then suddenly the book took off. I could not let it go. Mm. Thank yes, you so much. Please, you have a question?
3: She has a question. Please go ahead. We begin with her childhood.
4: Yes. Um, yeah, Chitra, I was just wondering, I think you touched on this briefly, but... Whenever you started out as a writer, like I know there weren't a lot of people telling stories about Indians or even Indian Americans in America. How did you know that that's what you wanted to do and how did you fight to make that happen?
1: Okay, Chitra, before you respond, before you respond, I want you to hold on to the thought. The reason is because I'm pathetic on the phone and there's a call coming in. If I don't handle it right, I'll drop it if you don't mind, please. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, Yogesh Bhai, welcome to Open Forum.
6: Hello, good afternoon, Ramesh Bhai, this is Yogesh.
1: Haji, welcome to Open Forum. We are in conversation with Chitra Divakaruni, amazing uh, author.
6: Yeah, amazing, and I wanted to congratulate on the women's...
2: Haji, please go ahead. ...this year. Thank you.
6: Yes. And uh, uh, today is another great day for, especially, I'm a cricket lover and as one of the... Day when India is starting the women's premier cricket league like an Yes.
3: Absolutely. League. It just
6: started today and that's yes. so wonderful. It's like you know, it's an inspiration. I have a lot of friends, I know them and they talk about it, and their girls. They say now our girls are looking not just as a recreational sport as a cricket, but the girls are looking as a professional career in cricket in India and all absolutely. over. The world. So, absolutely.
2: absolutely. Yeah. It is a wonderful yes, we, time to be a woman, isn't it? Okay? Yes. yes.
6: Uh, Probably much have, better than I ever have before. great women in my life: my wife, my uh, sisters, my mother, my grandmothers, and my friends and their wives. So a lot of people in the life. Women are like you know people don't realize it in a, especially in Indian culture before, okay, women are only supposed to do the only household works. But like when you come out here and you open up your mind and everything. In England, I've been living in this country for almost 50 years. But like I feel like that okay, I share everything with my wife. Whatever we do in the house or something, it has to be shared. And whatever she wants to do, she can pursue and go after it. So
1: Wonderful. Very well said. Very well said, Yogesh Bhai. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in Thank and you. sharing your Thank thought. You. Sure. Thank you, sir. Sure. Thank you. Friends, that was uh, Mr. Yogesh Patel. He's our cricket Counselor. He calls in every time there's a match and shares his opinion. He's a former Ranji player, Ranji Trophy player. And thank you. And let let me get back to the question that uh, was asked. I don't remember. Chitra, I hope you remember.
3: Yes, that how, how are uh, women in India being treated now and how are they doing in terms of progress? Well, as uh, Yogeshji pointed out, women are moving into all kinds of fields. And especially literature, I think they are doing very, very well. Um, in the arts in general, I think in in films, not only as actresses, but also as producers. In fact, you know, my uh, award-winning film uh, of A Sister of My Heart, which was made in Tamil, was directed by Suhasini Mani Ratnam. So... I think women are doing great and it is probably the best time so far in that I have seen to be a woman. Absolutely. In India or in the Indian American diaspora. But you know, I have to also uh, point to the fact that when I was a woman uh one of just, you know, one or two writing here, I got a lot of uh encouragement or inspiration from women of other cultures, mm-hmm. like other minority women. I, I, and I think that is such an important alliance for us to make. So women like Maxine Hong Kingston, Amy Tan, Gloria Naylor, um, uh, Toni Morrison writing out of the African-American or Asian-American cultures, Christina Garcia writing out of the uh, Cuban culture. I learned so much from these women, and whenever I did come across them, they were very... Um, and you know they were so supportive. So and I think I may, that we have to remember that this this r- cross cultural uh, alliance. And,
2: yeah. and also with with us uh, sort of reaching for the glass ceiling and above, do you not feel that women helping and mentoring other women, reaching for their hand, is so so very important? Just because we are living in a time where. You know, there is no longer the glass ceiling. We can go where we want. And we need other women to lean on, to help us, to mentor us. And um, I guess that is also what helped you uh, in your early days. You
1: know, I read the statement, Chitra. uh, Chitra, I read the statement recently. Uh, I'm not quoting it as it was, unfortunately. Uh, It's kind of a tongue twister. uh, It's a woman saying that, please don't tell me I can become something. Because until you made that statement, I never knew I could never be anything I want.
3: That is true. That is true. And that's a great statement, but but it is not uh, accurate for many women because many women, from the time they are little, have been told what they can do and they can't. So it's really important to tell women that you, know, you can grow out of those conditionings. Because we have depending on their family structure or the town in which they live or many other, you know, the financial uh, background, not every woman is given the same opportunity. Many of them will have to fight to take that opportunity. Chitra, we have a caller.
1: This is a gentleman calling from Pittsburgh. Uh, uh, Baskar, you are on air. Thanks for calling again.
7: Hi. Hi, again, everyone. And hello, Jasmine and Chitra. Hello. Hello. Hi. I just have a comment to make, and this is uh, for you, Chitra. It is that, you know, this is my opinion. I could be wrong. But I'm thinking that women from India can express themselves much better in local languages than in English. I know, again... I'm a Tamilian, but I cannot read or write Tamil to save, to, you know, basically, I have been studying in English, I've grown up speaking English, I can speak Tamil, but that's about it. But this is my feeling that women can probably, you know, express themselves much better in local languages than in English. Again, you know, there could be women like me, then English would be their preference.
2: Well, That's definitely but, not uh, true for Chitra. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and thanks, 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 Bhaskar. Thanks for calling in and giving your, sharing yeah. your thoughts. Really yeah, appreciate I, it. And I thanks for, to for listening. To, I,
3: oh, I wanted no to respond Bye. to Bhaskar. Please. That please. It really depended, depends on the woman's background. If she was mm-hmm. brought up in a city, was, she went to, in India, to an English medium school, then English becomes pretty much her first language, or at least her language of uh, formal uh, communication. So it really depends on where uh, the woman grew up and what kind of family she grew up. Um, You know, I was I went to an English medium school, but Gitanjali Sri, who writes beautifully in Hindi, did not. So it all depends on uh, the background. And so it is kind of important for us to recognize that women come from many different Places and therefore their uh, achievements are different and their challenges are different. So at at least whichever woman we see in front of us, I I want to go back to what Yasmin said. If we can help, if we can support, if we can encourage, we should do it in the way that woman needs without um, any preconceived notions about who she is and what she should be doing.
1: Well, uh, thanks, thanks. Baskar, I've let Baskar go here actually let himself go. So, Chitra, we we have limited time. Unfortunately, like I told you, that since you're calling in, one would have time, and then Madam Daya is waiting again. Of course, you would also transition into Daya for a brief moment. If you have the time, it'll be a pleasure to have you also. But before we go into Daya, you also wrote, uh, I never knew this, you've written children books, right?
8: Books for children? Yes,
3: I have. Yes, I have three books. A trilogy. Uh, it's called the Conch Bearer Trilogy, and it won a number of awards, both here and in India. So it's a magical adventure. It's a series of three magical adventures, and I really wanted to write for children because it's very important for children to see themselves reflected in literature. So I wanted our Indian children, our Indian American children, to have heroes and heroines that they could relate to and got excited about who looked like them, who came from their background, who had similar problems. Because, yes, we all might love Harry Potter, but he is of a different place altogether. And
1: what age profile are these books for, typically?
3: Uh, These are from, uh, let's say, third or fourth grade onwards through middle school. And uh, the Conch was chosen as a Texas Blue Bonnet title, which was a big um, you know, it was a big honor to be chosen for oh, that absolutely. and it won a number of other awards also.
1: So let's let's talk about your current book, Chitra, please, the latest one which I have bought yes. but not read.
3: <laughs> and I I would love to hear what you think of it once you read it. I'm very excited about this novel, Independence. And as the title indicates, it is about India's independence and the partition that followed very soon after, or right around that time. And unlike many books about independence, especially in English, it is set not along the Punjab border, but it's set in Bengal. It's set in Kolkata and along the border of what would become West Bengal and East Bengal, and then later East Pakistan, and then later Bangladesh. So it is about three sisters, and how they go through this time, what do they learn, Uh it is It gives us a picture of what was going on in the country and especially it looks at uh, how things changed overnight in 1946 after Direct Action Day when uh, huge riots broke out in Kolkata and Hindus and Muslims who had been friends and who had been working together and who had been, uh, you know, very positive towards each other, all of a sudden, overnight, they many of them became enemies to each other and even tried killing each other. So, so it is a book that looks at the courage of the people of that time as well. And as with much of my work, I focused on women, including women freedom fighters whom sometimes we have forgotten, such as Sarojini Naidu and Matangini Hazra, oh who yeah. played... Mm-hmm. Very important parts.
1: Was was uh da, da, in case you are aware, was Annie Besant a freedom fighter besides being a Theosophist? Do you know?
3: Yes, it's, it Annie Besant. Yeah. Doctor Annie Besant. Yes.
1: Annie Besant? Yeah. yeah. Annie Besant. No, she was
3: positively, she was positively inclined towards them. She supported them, but she herself was not one.
1: Okay, I just curious because we have a street yes. in Bombay called Dr. Annie Besant. Yes, road. Absolutely. And when in this movement to change uh, names, the local councillors wanted to change that street name, and then somebody had to tell them, boss, this lady is a legacy in India, lot from the British Times. Absolutely. But I you digress. That,
3: you know, just <laughs> theosophical uh, society, she was uh, huge. I mean, she has had a big influence on much of our thinking about, you know, about. Um, spirituality oh,
1: absolutely she was one of the founders of the theosophical society of india yes. which yes. is where i was aware yes. coming back one last question i have and then unless these fine women have one question each uh, do you have or do you do now do you plan to you know suddenly i become a grandfather chitra so my mind goes to my granddaughters so uh, I wonder next So, Do you plan to teach younger people how to write stories and stuff like that?
3: Well, you know, for many years when uh, my own children were little and they were going to Chinmai Mission's wonderful Balvihar program, I was a Balvihar teacher for creative writing. So I did teach children for many years. And now I think, you know, my hands are really full with my (laughs) grown-up students at the University of Houston who are very talented, and in fact, there are many there who are Indian American, Asian American. We really promote diversity in our program, so I love working with these writers from cultures all over the world. So I think, you know, that really keeps me busy enough along with my own writing. And,
1: um, so you have no plans at no the moment, so at, no the mom- plans at the moment, at the moment, you have no plans to share your immense wealth of, uh, what writing did you say? Creative. Creative writing.
3: Creative writing. <laughs>
1: With younger kids at this point. Hopefully well, down the line you, you will. Know?
3: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I did do it in the past for Balbihar kids. Yeah. So And I enjoyed it. it was
1: and awesome. and I, I definitely want to give a shout out to your awesome husband, who's a phenomenal, I mean, you're not saying it, but I'm saying it, he's a phenomenal guy who stands by you through all thick and thin. I've seen him all the time. And please tell Murthy I said that. So probably Monday he'll buy me a cup of tea. I
3: I want to second that because, you know, uh, we are talking about how women can support women, Mm -hmm. but certainly men supporting the women in their lives. Is so important, you know, whenever I travel out of town, I'm kind of a nervous traveler, and Murti always makes it a point to arrange his schedule so that he can come with me, whether I'm going to India, to, like, the Jaipur Literature Festival, where I went to, um, where I went for the launch of Independence, or whether it's just up to Austin where I'm going next week to speak at the uh, North American Telugu Association uh, organization's uh, Women's Day program.
1: Wonderful. Friends, you're listening oh, to Open friend. Forum. And I'm Ramesh Anand uh, with my co-host today, Yasmin Udawala. The number to call in is one eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five. The phone's... I'm still learning. I may drop the ball on the phone. Please bear with me. Uh, I have Chitra Divakaruni, amazing author. Uh, she teaches uh, creative writing. I hope I got it right. And uh, she is also on the board of advisors of Daya. Uh, and uh, I want to definitely... This is Women's History Month. We're talking about... We're saluting the United States, the way they created Women's History Month is to salute women for being such an integral part of history. Some way they found that women were not being noticed, not being recognized. And it was Jimmy Carter in 1980, if I've got the year right, that he came with Women's History Week. And a couple of years later, they said, hey, you know what? Week is not enough. And they made it Women's History Month. And this year they are recognizing honoring authors. So why not our own Chitra Devakarani? Uh, Chitra, any last words on your creative writing before we kind of move into Daya?
2: And and before even yeah. you do that, may I, Chitra, get the rest of the answer to um, the question that was asked to you earlier as to how you decided to write about the women you wrote, the, the immigrant women or the women in two worlds? Why is it?
3: Yeah, I but, think, mm-hmm. yeah. It, w- it was a very personal decision and, uh, you know, a lot of, some of my newest books are historical or mythological. So these are women that sometimes I'd heard the stories in which they appear, but they were never centered in these stories. And I'm talking about, uh, the Palace of Illusions, which Theropadi is the story of the Sita Mahabharata, yes. and, and the Forest of Enchantments, which uh, tells the retells the story of the Ramayana, but in these novels, uh, the main characters and the tellers of the stories are the women, mm-hmm. and it's Draupadi in Palace of Illusions, and it's Sita in Forest of Enchantments, and it was very important for me to retell these stories, even though I had known them, because when a woman tells her story, and she's showing it to in books to readers through her eyes, this becomes very
2: different it's a whole new well, dimension absolutely the
1: woman changing wonderful thank you so much thank Chitra you. I do need to go into Daya and I need to give a little time so what is your association with Daya how what what would you like to share and then maybe I will let our guest out here take it from there as we discuss please Chitra uh, you want to start absolutely. off with Daya
3: Yes, yes. I have been associated with Dia for at least 22 years, probably a little more than that. I came from uh California where I had I was co-founder of a similar organization called Maitri also helping women in situations of domestic violence and it was a very uh natural transition. I got on their board of directors and now I am uh, on their advisory board. And I just love the work that Daya does. It is so important uh, when a woman is feeling unsafe in her home and she is subjected to abuse, both physical, mental, many kinds of abuse, uh, she often doesn't have a place to turn to. And Daya gives her a place to turn to. They give her a listening ear, and ear and then they give her counseling and all of the help that she needs to live life, to live a life of dignity, uh, and safety that I feel all human beings should have, and certainly the women who come to Daya, you know, they should have that.
1: You know, I, I, have, I to, have to I have that. to interrupt you, Chitra, because there yes. is also, I understand, however minuscule, but a small percentage of men who also do come to Daya. And, uh,
3: yes, I, I do want to, I'm glad you brought that up. So uh, Daya is against violence, against family violence, and therefore, yes, a, a small number of men every once in a while come to Daya, and Daya helps them, but if we're really looking at numbers, it's largely women who fall into this category and suffer from...
1: Oh, absolutely, violence. and the reason I bring that up, Chitra, as I mentioned, I was on the board of Daya, as you know, for a couple of years, and uh, I, I uh, to me... Uh, domestic violence, women's challenges is as dear, if not more, than animal abuse. And as I I rescue dogs and rescue hundreds of them. And uh, one of the things I want to share out here is people do not know, when I make a presentation, one of my slides says that if you see animal abuse in your house, they tell the women, walk out because your child is next. Or sixty-five percent mm. of mm. families that have experienced animal abuse in their house have experienced child abuse. I just that thought is I'll, amazing. I'll leave that. Please, all yours,
3: ma'am.
4: Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I think um, whenever you do see someone display that kind of urge to have power and control over something, it will eventually become someone. Like you mentioned, like if they are abusing animals, that behavior that they've learned will eventually go into their relationships as well. They're going to think that they to keep that person's love, they need to have power and control over them. Um, and unfortunately, this is something that we don't talk about in our community. I think growing up, I never realized it was even a problem in the South Asian community. I thought that just that happened in other communities, but we were safe. But yeah, learning now that um, I think uh, SOAR, which is a collective of agencies like Dia. Across um, the nation, they put out a report last year and they found that 48% of South Asian American women experience gender based violence. Wow. That's a lot. That's almost half. Yes, yes, that is huge. And that's, it could be you, it could be someone you love, it could be your mother, your grandmother, your auntie. Um, and so, yeah, it's a big problem that we need to start talking about more. If we don't talk about it, it stays in the shadows, it grows in the shadows, and it's a problem that it just will keep perpetuating.
1: You know, it's weird, and I thank you. Uh, friends, you're listening to Open Forum, if you want to call in. One eight 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 seven four nine one zero three five. I have Yasmin Udawala, my co-host for this evening, who I am not letting a talk. I have Chitra Divakaruni on the phone, and Pam out here. Chitra is an advisor. Board of Advisor to member of the Board of Advisor of Daya, and Pam is the Outreach Director for Daya. Uh, I am going to ask her a little more, Pam, about what Daya stands for again. Uh, having before you answer, I just want to make one statement that happened last week. I had a friend of mine, my classmate in Bombay, he was chatting with me that his daughter is in somewhere in the US. And has, they have had problems, husband, wife earlier. And now the husband called the father and said, please take your wife away. We are not working. It's not working out. And they live with the parents. He called the father. Father says, you know what? I don't think it's working out. Maybe the daughter calls. She, she's oblivious that they don't want her in the house. Mm. And she's just leading a life. And I told my friend, bus, you need to do something. You just can't. He's saying, yeah, Uber, wale pe chhodta I said, God doesn't take care.
2: You no, need so to take action. the thing you can do for your own child, yes.
1: No, I please
4: mean, absolutely. I think, yeah, in our community, there's such a, not only stigma, but fear, real fear about divorce. And it feels like, especially like if it's your daughter, you're so scared. If she gets divorced, what's going to happen to her? What will happen with her life? But the reality is, if a family is, if there's abuse in a family, if there's any sort of feeling of, unwantedness or resentment or um, any sort of toxic uh, behaviors or feelings, that family is already broken, Mm -hmm. divorced or not. I think in being able to have that separation, then they can heal, then they can become a better family, especially if there are children involved, being able to make sure that all parents are safe. I think that's um, definitely something that as a community we need to accept that it's okay sometimes if divorce needs to
3: happen, if that means safety for everyone. You want to, to, yeah, go I, go I just want to second, can I just second that, that is so important that, you know, uh, we cease being concerned about being the model minority and really look realistically at things that will make us a stronger community.
2: True, and then now, how do we raise our children differently? with different conditioning, with a different way, especially our boys, Um, you know, because as adults, you expect the changes, but then how are they raised? And how are we teaching our mothers to raise them right? No, yeah, absolutely.
4: I think it's one of those things where uh, parents, I think, assume like, okay, I have this daughter. She's nice, she'll be in a happy family. But it's not always a guarantee, and also for sons as well, they think that they are nice, that they're like well-educated, they'll uh, treat their wife nice, but that's not true. Unless you talk to your children and talk to them as early as possible, teach them what healthy relationships look like, what healthy relationships are not, what are good behaviors, how you should never treat someone and uh, try to model that for them, like um, try to show that, set that example of what a healthy relationship is, then they're never going to learn that. Um, is going to keep happening, like we'll just assume and hope that they will have happy <coughs> marriages, but if we don't teach them what that is, they're not going to know how to have one.
1: You know, Pam, uh, I, I, we had a veterans here uh, before, and our discussion was this organization mm-hmm caters to veterans who came back from Afghanistan with mental issues, okay? and, uh, which is pretty huge, as you know. And uh, it, it's like a catch-22 because you, really, you yourself cannot go. You are not aware very often. You need someone else. So in this particular case, uh, A, where does, what does, how does Daya help? I would like our listeners to know. Uh, how do you help? Who does a person reach? Who reaches? Supposing, for example, I see something happening, can I make a call as a neighbor, a well-wisher, a parent, a cousin?
4: Right. No, that that's a great question. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'll answer your the second part of your question first. Um, so, if you do notice something, and I think that we see that happening a lot—that like even in your own family, you see like it could be like your sister in her marriage, or like your cousin in their marriage. Like it just something just feels off like you feel like it it, that's not how like it doesn't seem like a like a healthy relationship for sure definitely um i would say if you can call dia and then uh, we can um provide you information for how you can kind of create a plan like a safety plan for like approaching them how to talk to whoever needs help but um to in order to kind of get our services the person, like the the victim themselves does need to be the one who calls us. Um, And so the best way is to just try to get them our helpline. If you can uh, do it in a way that's safe for them, like if you feel like, okay, someone might check their phone, don't text them. Try to just slip them a card or Um, text, uh, like email I
1: want you to repeat the number a couple of times please.
4: Oh yeah, absolutely, yes our confidential helpline and uh, it's definitely free to call it's 713-981-7645 and I'll give you the number again 713-981-7645 and you can also email us at contact at diahouston.org again that's contact at diahouston.org
1: Thank you. I, I have one question. Um, like this friend called and I had to explain to him. He said, Nini Oto, your husband is not beating her. I had to explain. Bus.
4: No, yeah, definitely. I'll let you I think, take yeah, it from there. Absolutely. I think, yeah, a lot of times we think um, abuse is just, you know, like mod beat or just like only physical, but. There is so much power and control that happens outside of only just physical abuse. There's, um, it can start out with a lot of financial abuse, which is kind of um, asserting uh, control or being very manipulative around economic resources, so that uh, the victim kind of becomes kind of financially very dependent on um, their abuser, and then slowly there's also. Um, Emotional, psychological abuse, where they really tear down the victim's confidence, make them feel like they deserve the abuse. They can't leave. They um, just have no option but to stay, and it slowly does escalate. Um, and so, yeah, abuse,
3: like yes. you said, it happens in a lot of different. In
1: fact, H one B, the visa, also the support. Add, yeah,
3: please, Chetra Add something. Sure. Which is, and also, if uh, that person is preventing. Uh, the woman in the household from contacting her family, contacting her friends, isolating that person, that is a very bad sign. And that should be, you know, that should be a red flag right away because that kind of isolation is another way of establishing uh, control and uh, emotional abuse.
2: And yeah, and if I may, do you not think that um, financial independence early on to teach our girls about money, and we typically let our men do that, and we um, tend to take a backseat. He knows better. I don't know this, or I don't understand numbers, money. That is so so important to educate our girls. Start from school, managing you know their little pocket money and budgeting to checkbooks. To I mean, we send off kids to college sometimes, and they have never you know, balanced a checkbook before.
3: No, yeah, absolutely. You are so right.
4: Yeah, no, definitely. I think, like you were saying, sometimes we give that education to our boys, but we forget to teach that to our girls as well. Like, they also need to learn um, how to budget, how to open a savings account, what is credit. um, How to invest. Yeah, how to invest. And that is really important. Like, if you have that financial safety, that is going to protect you for your whole life.
1: Definitely, uh, Friends, you're listening to Open Forum. I'm Ramesh Anand with Yasmin, my co-host for today. We are chatting domestic violence, any form, with the outreach director of Daya PAM, and I have the amazing Chitra Divakarani, who is a member of the board of advisors of Daya for over 20 years. And... Uh, what a wonderful thing, Lakshmi and Vijay started this so many years ago yes, and yes, sustained absolutely wonderful and and held on to it, stayed committed. Uh, hats off to both of them. So uh, the, either of you, Pam or Chitra, uh, my my question is: when you talk of domestic violence now, do you? And th- now this is a very nasty question. Uh, do you generally? assume the victim has to immediately go into an attorney and divorce, or do you also take them to marriage counselors and try to resolve it?
4: Um, yeah, but I because because it's an
1: important a, perception that you want to kind of clear up.
4: All right. Um,
3: yeah. well, I, I know Pam will say a lot of things. I'll just say one little thing is that my understanding is we always let the a uh, woman decide what she wants to do, we will present options but she will make her decision. It is her first it is the first step in empowering her. Pam?
4: Yeah, just yeah, echoing what Jitra said, like we at uh, uh, at our core at in our mission we always say at Daya we want to empower survivors. So we want to make them feel like they have the power to make control and uh, I mean sorry, power to make decisions in their life like um they just came out of an abusive relationship. They had so much of their power, their decision-making possibilities stripped away from them. And we don't want to add to that. We don't want to tell them, okay, you need to do this, this, this. We want to just, like as Jitra said, present them with what they like, what is possible for them and allow them to make the decision that they feel is best um, to kind of uh, create that life that they deserve.
1: Do you have a shelter? If I remember, you have a place also women can stay briefly for a period of time. Am I right?
4: Um, So we used to have a shelter. We transitioned out of that, but we do work with shelters in the greater Houston area. Um, And so we uh, are able to have our clients go stay there, but in case, unfortunately, like right now there has been a big rise in domestic violence, so we're able to occasionally provide like hotel vouchers if Shelter space is unavailable. And we also have a great rapid rehousing program where we're able to provide up to 12 months of rental or um, utility assistance for survivors as well in their families.
1: Yes, do you have any questions? Uh,
2: yes. We, uh, have,
1: we have five minutes, okay?
2: I quickly want to reach out to everybody listening. I have personally sent and advised so many to reach out to Daya. A lot of them are fearful. We uh, are worried about the confidentiality, what if they're discovered, what if they get more beating. But trust me, guys, give it a try. They are an excellent organization. They have helped so many, and people who have reached out, they wonder, why didn't I do this before? And you
1: you also have a lot of... Can uh, I just
3: add something? Yeah, Chitra. Can I please add something? You know, sometimes uh, women feel, if I just put up with it, it will go away. If I just... You know, uh, don't make any waves. It will get better. That has not been my uh, experience in dealing with domestic violence situations. Uh, Just allowing uh, the abuse to continue does not help it to go away. It makes it worse. So I just want to point out. Oh, absolutely.
2: And if I may add this on Women's Day, it is your dharma to stand up for yourself. Please do not give that away. Stand up for yourself. Live the life you are meant to. If you need help, reach out. We have a wonderful organization in Houston.
1: Friends, this is Open Forum. Uh, As the Women's History Month, we are trying to recognize women in different forms. This is a form where women are helping. Not women, actually men also on the board. Like I said, I was on the board and there are other awesome men on the board. huge volunteers uh, who help there. I want to bring one part that uh, we have, just a couple of minutes, is the outreach that you have for uh, women in terms of training them in various things. You periodically have, like, how to find jobs or whatever.
4: Um, Yeah, we do. And um, what is great now is that, like, through the years, we've also built a lot of great uh, community partnerships with other organizations. So... Um, if, for instance, if like if Dia isn't uh, available to provide uh, specific training, like we have partnered with, um, for example, West Houston Assistance Ministries, and they have a lot of great um, training programs that they do, um, and uh, the Chinese Community Center, I believe, also uh, provides a lot of great like, vocational training. Like um, I think they help with. Uh, like in nursing assistance programs Um, and so yeah like I think a lot of our clients we want to try to help um, them build that like kind of financial empowerment and that stability that they need to uh, live that kind of safe life.
1: I remember 100 years ago I had gone through a program training program when I became a board member so do you still have that for volunteers if they want to become volunteers how can people volunteer do they contact you who do they call
4: yeah, no, absolutely. We we uh, Dia like we are a staff of thirteen, but we have over six hundred and forty clients, so we definitely do need volunteers for sure. And uh, the best way to kind of get involved is to go to our website diahouston.org/slash uh, volunteer. And from there, you can fill out a volunteer form. We can reach out to you. and You can start getting involved and in helping us uh, with either kind of uh, helping clients or helping us kind of spread the word in the community.
1: Do they need to go to through some training program?
4: Um, yes. once uh, volunteers fill out the form, uh, they'll actually do a, a, a kind of hour-long training with me and kind of learn about uh, more deeply about like domestic violence, um, what Dia does, how you can help survivors. um, And it's great. I know it's an hour long, but it flies by.
1: Hey, Chitra, we just have a minute and a half. So any final thoughts? And then I'll let Pam and Yasmin close it.
3: Yes, I wanted to say that, you know, this is at this time, Women's History Month. It's so important. I wanted to read to you the quote with which I begin the book, Independence and it is a quote from the wonderful writer Amrita Pritam. Mm-hmm. And she says, There are many stories which are not written on paper, but are written on the bodies and minds of women. And I think this really relates to the work Daya does. I just wanted to add to what Pam said that volunteering for Daya is very, very satisfying. It is not easy always. I will be honest because you will be dealing with some difficult situations but you will go through a thorough training if you're actually going to work with survivors of uh, domestic violence but there are also many other ways to help no. Taya
1: to uh, Chitra, I'm going to let Pam I want to let Pam tie up in okay. 10 seconds.
4: Um, yes. Yeah, Sorry. Uh, um, yeah. I'll just kind of uh, continue what you're saying. Yeah, there are lots of ways to get involved. Please follow us on social media. And again, if uh, you or someone you know needs help, please call our confidential helpline, 713-981-7645. Again, it's seven one three nine eight
1: 5 seconds, Yasmin.
2: Well, and another great way to help is open up your pocketbooks. They can always need that. It is, you know a very worthwhile cause
1: wonderful thank you so much friends thank you Chitra thank you Pam thank you Yasmin for being here Thank
2: you, this is
1: open forum look forward to sharing time with you next Saturday and uh, normal hosts will also be here Subodh Jagat and Smriti let's see what we have for you thank you again thank
2: you guys
6: thank you Chitra Ramadas on Facebook you are listening to Radio Naya Andaz. Next step, media marketing. It's a self-mukhita, independent,
0: week-end program. Radio Naya Andaz. Broadcasting live. Radio Naya Andaz. Experience digital production and presentation. Radio Naya Andaz. Broadcasting live.
8: No. And now, now.
0: now. live on the
8: decks, bringing you the hottest sounds. Let's go. Let's go.
2: This is a Radio Naya does exclusive. No. 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 Music,
3: Masti, on Hamdama.
4: On number one DC radio station in Houston, Jama Nilo Ki Radio
2: Naya Andaz. Radio Naya Anda. तवज्जो
6: फरमाइए आप सुन रहे हैं रेडियो नया अंदाज नेक्स्ट स्टेप मीडिया मार्केटिंग के ज़ेरए साया एक खुद मुख्तार इंडिपेंडेंट हफ्तावारना प्रोग्राम जिसका किसी भी और रेडियो प्रोग्राम या ادارے से कोई ताल्लुकव وابستگی नहीं हफ्ता और इतवार दो दिन रेडियो डायल पर और 24 घंटे सातों दिन हमारी वेबसाइट पर सुना जा सकता है रेडियो अंदाज के प्रोग्राम 832607 two zero zero seven eight three two six zero seven two zero zero seven सुनते रहिए रेडियो नया अंदाज़ radio radio.